Jan, Willem and Captain were met with a hero's welcome as they returned to the grass people's village. There was banging on drums and whistling on flutes and flags flying high in the air. The whole village came to greet them and stood in two long lines as the three of them walked, carrying the glowing yellow crystal between them. The grass people were a civilised folk, and so that evening they did in true grass people fashion a huge feast. Everyone went back to the huts and they baked and they cooked and they prepared, and they made a huge big bonfire in the ceremony fire pit. They all gathered round, every single one of them, to see the crystal, to hold it, and to hear the story of how it was obtained. When they spoke of their journey, the whole village listened in silence. They told of the swamp troll, of the maze, of the nettle woods, and the lovely carrion that helped them. They talked of the funny little mud trolls, and Kara, the towering snake. The grass people were delighted in trying to figure out the answers to some of the maze questions. And they giggled at the thought of the funny little mud trolls. They couldn't believe Jan's bravery when they told of Kara and her coils and the playing of the flute. And they all felt warm-hearted to know that Kara and Swamp Troll now had each other. And now, said Willem as they came to the end of their tales, we must take this crystal back to the Greenlands, back to Kester, so we can start to build the prism. Will you come with us, Captain? asked Jan. Captain cleared his throat. <coughs> it has been an honour to travel with you. You have been such good companions and I could never have wished for such wonderful people to share this with. But I must stay. I must stay here and protect the people around me. For I am a grass person and I will forever be and I have neglected my village in the weeks gone by. He seemed a little choked up, like he was trying to keep back a tear. Captain, said Jan. We feel the same way. We feel so lucky that we met you. They knew that behind his cross little frustrated exterior was a kind and helpful man who was going to miss them a lot. It was late, and so Jan and Willem agreed to stay the night. They went back to that little hut that they first slept in when they came to the Yellowlands. Those funny little boat-shaped hammocks woven out of grass were waiting for them and it was like coming home as they snuggled into them for the night. After a comfortable night, the cricket song woke them up, and they came out of the little hut blinking their eyes in the sun. They had a big bag full of food and gifts and blessings from the people of the grasslands. The grass people had made sure that someone stayed awake watching the crystal all night, and it had been in Chief's hut, for he was fascinated by it. Before it was time for Jan and Willem to go, they were brought into the chief's hut and he told them that they would forever be honorary members of the grass people village who could always return and rely on the protection of his people. They were honoured. When they came out of the chief's hut, Captain met them. Once again he had that sad look in his eyes and in each hand he was holding a grass crown. This, he said, is a grass crown for each of you. Wear it with honour, for you will always be one of us. Oh, Captain, said Willem, 
We are going to miss you so much. And Jan and Willem went and hugged him. Now, you must be going, he said. Best get this crystal somewhere safe. With that, they waved goodbye to all the wonderful grass people. They walked out of the village, and they closed their eyes and held hands, and imagined with all their might back to the woods. With a flip of their stomachs and a falling feeling, they arrived back in the woods. When they arrived there, their mamas were still there, sat on the fire having tea. They spotted them. Ah, oh, Willem, said his mamma. That's a lovely crown. Where did you get that? In Araland, said Willem, not thinking. Ah, oh, that's nice, said his mamma. Gosh, they're so creative, aren't they, she said to the other mamas. Oh, I love their little games. Quick as a flash, Jan and Willem turned to the page in the book of the Greenlands and they looked at the little castle and they imagined and they imagined and they imagined until they saw the parrots flying across the page. They felt the breeze on their face and when they opened their eyes they were there at the castle gates. They creaked through the big gates and walked up the path. When they got to the door they knocked. They happened to arrive just at a time when Sneers and Kester and Oren and Arthur were playing their last game of hide-and-seek for the day. Sneers happened to be going just past the door as he heard the knocking and he opened the door and stepped out. Jan and Willem had never seen Sneers before and they were terrified and they jumped back in fear. Uh, is Kester here? They said. Oh, um, just a minute, said Sneers, and he turned around to walk back inside the castle. Ow, oh dear, oh, night me horns again, he said as he bumped his head. Um, Kester! He shouted. I oh, know, Kester's really good at hiding. Um, um, Oren, Arthur! There's some people here that I think maybe you know, because they look a lot like you. Yes, we know Oren and Arthur, said Jan and Willem. Where are they all? Oh, well, we're just playing hide and seek for the moment. That's why I can't get any of them to come to the door. They probably think I'm tricking them or something. On hearing this, Oren and Arthur gave up their hiding places and ran to the door. They were so excited when they saw it was Jan and Willem that they ran out and hugged them. But then they noticed what they were holding in their hand and they shrieked with excitement. Kester! 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 they shouted. Kester could hear in their voice that he needed to give up his hiding place too and come and see. When he saw the yellow crystal glowing out of Willem's hand, he stopped in his tracks. Oh my golly gosh, the second crystal, it's here. Oh boys, you are marvellous, he said, and he hugged them. Well, no crystal is ever found without an adventure and a story to tell, said Kester. So come in, come in, we've actually made some kinder biscuits this morning. He then led them in up to the rainbow hall, and they placed the yellow crystal next to the red one. As they placed it in the golden cage on the satin pillow, it fizzled and sparkled and glimmered and shimmered. Something's happening, said Kester. This is how it begins. He locked the cage and then he locked the door. Right, to the kitchen. I've got to hear your story. Oh, I do love these adventures. They have the best stories you could ever hope for. They all crowded in the kitchen and they told stories to each other. Jan and Willem told of the whole story of how they got the yellow crystal. They told of the swamp troll, of the maze and riddles, of the nettle woods and the carrion, and of the funny little mud trolls, and then, of course, of Kara, fierce Kara, and how they managed to calm her with music. 
Orin and Arthur and Sneers told of their adventure, and of how the Mora had tunnelled through the volcano, and how they almost lost Snoz and she had to go back and block up the tunnel from the other side, and how they had to walk back over the volcano, and there where they found the crystal in the keep of the big fierce dragon. As they shared stories, Orin and Arthur heard of Kara and thought maybe the dragon wasn't the most fierce thing in Aralan. And as Jan and Willem heard of the dragon, they thought maybe Kara wasn't the most fierce of all. When they were talking of Kara, Sneers had to distract himself. He found the story just a little bit too scary, and he was looking around the room for a distraction. As he looked around, he found such an astonishing distraction, he wasn't sure it was real, and he rubbed his eyes. Um, excuse me, dear Kester, but there's a plate of biscuits walking across your kitchen floor. Kester jumped up and looked. Ugh! It's one of them cheeky, cheeky scuffalogs again, he said. Now, here, give it back. He bent down and he grabbed the plate of biscuits that the scuffle hog was balancing on its back. My goodness, these scuffalogs, they are cute and all, but they are cheeky when it comes to food. Jan and Willem and Orin and Arthur were still deep in stories and they didn't even really notice what was going on. But Sneers, who was still looking around, fishing for a distraction from their scary stories, noticed a big bag of popcorn they'd made earlier was starting to move. Now remind me, how does this popcorn work again? Does it always jump about? Am I correct in thinking that it's not alive? No, it's not alive, said Kester, definitely not. Then, said Sniz, I think you might have a bit of a problem in your popcorn bag over there. Kester looked over and indeed the bag was moving about and some bits of popcorn were pinging out over the side. Oh, I bet you, he said, I bet you are son of one of them scuffalogs. And he went over and he reached in the bag. And yes, he brought out a fluffy scuffalog munching and chomping on the popcorn. <laughs> this scuffalog had cheeks so full they were round as golf balls. Now, Sniz, who was normally scared of all things new, thought the scufflehog was rather sweet. Do you mind if I hold one? asked Sniz. Go for it, said Kester. As long as you put it outside and don't let it back in the kitchen when you're done, he said. I won't, I won't, I promise, said Sniz, and he held the little scufflehog in his big black hands. You're really quite cute, aren't you, he said to it, stroking its fluff on the top of its head. You're just the right amount of cute and fluffy to distract me from them scary stories over there, he said. He looked at the scufflehog and the scufflehog looked at him and he felt sure that it was smiling at him. Sneers couldn't help himself and he tickled the scufflehog with its round little belly. But the scufflehog was ticklish and it wriggled and it wriggled and then it went... And all of that chewed up popcorn it was holding in its cheeks like golf balls was spat out all over Sniz's fur. That's really not very polite, you know, he said. At this point, the others, who had been so deep in their story, looked up, and they saw Sneers covered in chewed-up, spat-out popcorn. They all laughed, even Sneers, and some of them even thought maybe the scufflehog was laughing too. Sneers picked it up and put it outside. Come on, you! Off you go, he said, still with a fondness in his voice. That night... Orin and Arthur asked Kester if they could stay another night. Kester, maybe stay another night. We haven't seen Jan and Willem for so long and we'd love to spend just a little more time with them. Of course you can, said Kester. Look, we've got to stop them, Mora. 
But one more night won't make any difference. You enjoy yourself, boys. You've earned it. That night, they all snuggled into the kinder beds, apart from Sneers, of course, who was on his ten little duvets on the floor. They were tired and exhausted and happy to see each other, and as they closed their eyes, and could hear the faint hooting of owls in the pine woods. They began to drift off to sleep. Excuse me, they heard Sneers say through the dark. What, said Oren. Um, your friends, said Sneers. Um, the snake that they were talking about in their story, it definitely didn't come with them, did it? No, said Oren Arthur. Go to sleep, Sniz. Honestly, it's fine. Okay, he said, and he put his head back down on the duvets. Excuse me, said Sniz again, just as everyone was beginning to sleep. What now, said Arthur. Um, a swamp troll they were talking about. That definitely doesn't know how to get here, does it? he said. No, Sneers, it doesn't know how to get here. Remember, it was friendly at the end. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, but still, I don't like the thought of it. And then he settled down once again. Excuse me, he said one more time. What now, they all said. Why are you tickling my toes again? I'm not, said Oren. Neither am I, said Arthur. Neither are we, said Jon and Willem from the other side of the room. I certainly am not, said Kester. Then who or what is tickling my toes, said Sniz, leaping out of his bed. He grabbed the lantern and brought it back to his bed, and there at the foot of his bed, all cosy and warm, was his little friend the scuffle hog. Ah, said Sniz. I think I'm just going to let him sleep here tonight. Is that all right, Kester? Just tonight, said Kester and they all settled down to sleep.